We want to thank you all for coming back to Arts for All Kentucky Stories. I'm Sam Kirby. I'm excited to be your host. And I've got Delaire here again with me to co-host. Delaire, thank you for joining us. Glad to be here. Thank you, Sam. Yeah, so before we get started, we need to do our due diligence and thank the Kentucky Arts Council and... The Kentucky Department of Education Office of Special Education and Early Learning. I thank them for everything they do to make this and other Arts for All Kentucky things possible. So thank you so much. Uh, we're excited to have Erica Cutright here with us today. Erica, tell us a little bit about yourself first. Oh, goodness. Um, I work as a positive behavior specialist, and so I work with individuals with special needs, help them increase positive behaviors and decrease negative behaviors. That's great. Mm -hmm. So tell us, I mean, you likely have had to interact with Arts for All at, in some form or fashion. So tell us about your first introduction to the organization. Like what, what was that? that journey like for you? Um, well, I think I first came across them at the Possibilities Expo. Uh, another member was working a booth and we've got the Possibilities Expo this weekend. So this perfect weekend, timing. Right. Yes. Um, and just reached out to, to Sonia and talked to her about it and learn more about it. And being a art lover of all kinds of art and working with that population, it just seemed like a really good fit. Kind of were exposed to them then, but how did you start to get more involved with the organization because you're on the board now. Yes. I mean, so yes. that likely there's more, more that happened there. I just kind of reached out and said, Hey, I'm here. Use me. <laughs> and so I uh, met with Delaire and learned some more, some more about the organization and some needs and how I could be helpful. And here I am. Also, just this last fall, uh, Erica presented at the Kentucky Exceptional Children's Conference mm -hmm. uh, for us, uh, presenting a professional development session. You want to tell a little bit about that? Sure. Um, we talked about arts and sensory needs. So as a behavior specialist, I work with individuals with autism, Down syndrome, multiple disabilities. Um, and sensory is a big issue, whether that's like tactile or taste, sound, any of our senses. Um, and so we co-presented on incorporating the arts and using mindfulness and sensory. So we had some like hands-on sort of things. We talked about playing music in the classroom, softening the lights, just different ways we could help our, our learners who may have some sensory issues feel more comfortable in an art class, whether that be with an actual art teacher or an art project within a gen ed or special education classroom. That's great. Yeah, what we've um, and and I'm curious to get your assessment on this. You know, being a being a behavioral specialist, we've we found that the arts tends to for for those who are not, um, I guess traditionally traditionally able, um, that the arts kind of see them open up, kind of see them expand and find new ways to communicate. So, in in your experience, like in, in working with working with people. Um, how, how do you see that manifest? Yeah, um, you know, where someone may, might not be the strongest in reading or math or like traditional core classes, um, art can be a great way for them to really display their talents. Um, my eldest son is 21 and he's legally blind um, and on the autism spectrum. But if you give him an instrument, he can play it. He has perfect pitch. He can, I mean, he can hear a song, sit down and play it. He attends WKU and he's he's very active in the band um, and they have a concert this weekend. He he plays, he composes, he's, he does all of that. And that's been a great art and music have been a great equalizer for him. I've had students where, you know, they might be 
a little more shy and timid and not as strong in a subject matter. But then when it comes to art class, they can draw better than anyone else. And so it's really cool for them to, you know, have their classmates, you know, give them the old attaboy or a high five and, you know, get that praise that they might not get in other subjects. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've really seen in, in some of these um, you know, encounter some residencies where you have, you know, students with, you know, special needs and then you kind of have your traditional students. But when they're kind of all tasked with that art project, all of a sudden it seems that that playing field oh, is yeah. just really leveled. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Well, Erica, you were working in, you are working in schools now or you used to work in schools. How, what was your role working in schools? Well, I'm a previous special education teacher, so I've worked in learning and behavior disability classrooms as well as moderate to severe classrooms. Um, I taught special ed for, I guess, about eight or nine years. And now as a behavior specialist, I see my clients in the community, in their homes. I get to go into some of the schools as well. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit of everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So when, when you're working uh, with people, what are what are some of your some of your priorities as a be behavioral specialist? Like when when you're going in with somebody, is it is it a rather, you know, kind of a case by case sort of thing? Or are there some baseline sort of things that you're really trying to work with them? Um, that's a good question. Everything is individualized, but I would say there's some overall themes like working on increasing social skills. Um, you know, just interacting with people out in the community a little more effectively, um, some adaptive skills, whether that's some self-care skills or going to the grocery, anything like that. But every goal is is very individualized. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you have over over your experience doing this any kind of stories that stand out of people who have really, you know, you know, kind of turned to 180 who are almost, a, they're almost a whole new person, you know, after you've, you've worked with them or, or improvements that have really impressed you or maybe even some relationships from what you do that have really stuck with you. I would like to take credit for some of them, but it's mostly them. <laughs> and luckily everything I do is a team approach. So it's the individual, it's the parents, it's the teachers, it's the workers. I'm just like one member of the team. Um, but yeah, we've definitely had some success stories. I know I was having dinner with a, a friend the other night and a former student came up to me and gave me a big hug and, you know, looked at my friend and was like, you know, if it, if it weren't for this person, I wouldn't have graduated high school. And I definitely don't agree with him, but it, it definitely made my day. Um, or I've worked with individuals where, you know, just signing that they want help is a big, a big achievement for them. It's, it's very individualized. Is it a particular age group uh, that you work with or is it, you know, K through 12 and beyond? What mm -hmm. what age group do you work with? Um, I've worked with all age groups from five up to 78. I had a, a woman that I worked with who was in a nursing home. So, you know, we kind of, I think a lot of times with special needs, we, we think of elementary school and we kind of forget that these people grow up and they go to high school. Maybe they're college bound, maybe they're career bound, maybe they're not but they're, they're going to transition out of school at some point. And so we really have to work on those social and adaptive skills and help them find ways to be integrated into society. Well, I'm going to jump in with an idea for you. Okay. If you are at a school that has, say, uh, high school students that are getting ready to graduate, 
Ours for All Kentucky has a transition program. We'll come in for an afternoon or a few hours during the day uh, and talk about what our resources are for, uh, you know, young people with disabilities who are graduating, uh, how they can apply. And we have interviews um, with some of our registry artists. Our registry artists are adult artists with disabilities who live throughout Kentucky. And they've done some interviews for us talking about their careers as artists. Now, not all those artists may make a living mm -hmm. doing their art, but their artwork is an integral part of who they are and uh, uh, their dedication to their art form proves it because they are practicing artists. Absolutely. That's great. So let me know if you know yes. any schools. I'd like to have. I'm already it. thinking of names. Yay! <laughs> I want to learn a little bit more about like in in these because you said it's very individualized. Mm -hmm. But like when when somebody comes in and and they're struggling with like social skills, like you know if if you know you meet with somebody and they're almost struggling to have a conversation with mm -hmm. you, like where do you even start? I mean that's your specialty, but like where where do you start as far as you know? kind of figuring out where, where barriers are and, and helping them solve those problems? Um, well, it really depends on their level of communication. Um, and there's a lot of sort of technical stuff that goes into it. We'll do a functional assessment to figure out, maybe give us some ideas of why they have these behavioral issues um, and address it at a, as a function-based. Um, and it's parent interviews. It could be teacher interviews, um, depending on the individual, uh, getting their input. We need their buy-in to work on these things. Um, I'm very fortunate that I, I, I work with some great people where I'll just be like, hey, what do you want to work on? And we'll work on those things. And they really have a good work ethic. And a lot of the individuals want to improve and they want to be more social and they you know just like you and I we want to have friend groups we want to have natural supports and these individuals want the same they just need a little help working on those soft skills you know we, we have so many things that we can get involved in mm -hmm. and that sort of thing but why arts for all for example is worthy of you know some extra time you know from you like what about the organization really you know motivated you to do something like that well, I mean, like everyone else, there's only so many hours in the day. So I chose to get involved with it because it's very personal to me. Um, I love art. I love art history. But like I said, my eldest son, he's very musically gifted. And so I've just seen how him getting involved in music has really, really helped expand his social circle and has let him shine in other ways that he wouldn't normally um, I also have a younger child, and he's he's involved with um, the Bowling Green Rock Band Academy, and so it just seems like all of my things are very musical and art related, as well as special education related. Um, honestly, I mean, a little selfishly, like it works to my advantage. I can tell some of my you know clients that I work with, hey, have you heard about this? Wait, what about this? You know, we could do art in this way. And so it helps me be better at my job as well. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about growing up, like with, with your son, your son growing up and kind of was, was there a point when he more or less discovered music or has that kind of been in the home like the whole time? Or is there like a moment where you really started to, to get into it and you saw it a, kind of a difference in him um, I remember him being like two or three years old and again like he's he's legally blind uses a cane 
um, couldn't see, you know, the soccer ball till it busted his nose kind of blind. <laughs> um, and we joke about it in our house cause you can laugh or cry and we choose to laugh. Um, but I remember him having like a little keyboard and he just started playing a song and we just looked at each other. I was like, Oh my gosh, he's, he's playing twinkle, twinkle little star. Like he just hears it and he can play it. Um, both my boys are quite musical and the only thing I can play is the radio. So I don't really know where they got it. <laughs> But we definitely have a musical house. That's well, great. Sam, you're a musician also, aren't you? We've got a little little music background, yeah. Yeah. Need to need to engage it a little bit more <laughs> often, but I'm I'm occupied a lot. Um but yeah, I've found that it's um for me, and maybe this speaks to how it's a, a language for others, but for mm-hmm. me it's like a it's like a foreign language. You never lose it, but you definitely have to keep using it or kind of start unpacking it to really, mm-hmm. to really do that. But, um, what sort of opportunities, I guess, is that, has that opened for him, um, socially? I mean, I know from, from being in and around like Western's band program that, mm-hmm. you know, being you're all of a sudden you're, you're around a lot of other talented, you know, music people and that creates a social environment as well. So has that, that generally opened some opportunities for him as well to, to, you know, expand his horizons, make new friends, that that sort of stuff. Oh, absolutely. He's been a member of the WKU marching band since he started. And don't worry, he doesn't march. He plays in the front pit. In the percussion so, pit. Yes, yeah. so he's in the percussion pit. So they don't have the blind guy out there marching. Um, he He's done that. He's been in the band, in the community band. And so he's made friends that I don't think he normally would have made. And because he he does have a talent, I think it helps people see him in a different light as opposed to just, you know, Braden in the class or, you know, the guy with the cane. You know, it it highlights a positive attribute of his. Mm-hmm. Did you mention what instruments he plays? Um, he plays the piano. He plays the drums. Um, that's both of what he plays at Western. Thursday night's concert, he's, he's playing an organ. I mean, he can... He, Anything but string instruments. Those are a little bit more difficult to see, but he can pretty much play any instrument. I don't know where he got this gift from, but it's not me. <laughs> he's, he's taught his little brother how to play the piano. He's, he's pretty talented. Well, as a consultant or as a therapist, um, do you work for an agency or are you do you freelance? How does that work? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a contract worker, so I'm currently at MarPay Therapy Services, but I'm an independent contractor, so I can work with lots of individuals of varying needs. Um, I also speak at conferences and have started getting into more parent training and behavior training, just kind of on my own. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, I want to I wanna dig into... Um... I guess the idea, and and I don't know how how much you've you've talked with with your son about like what, like kind of zooming out, especially like because I know how I was at at twenty one. Like <laughs> it's kind of hard to sit down and have that deeper like conversation. But like what what that opportunity to express himself through music's really meant, like and and how it's um kind of given 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 him a voice in 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 a way that um you know traditional you know communication or sight like. Mm-hmm. hasn't so um well with not having his vision he misses out on a lot of social cues where you and I might make a face um to sense you know that we're being sarcastic or something like that he he can't see those things um 
so having the music has helped him be much more expressive. I, I should have brought him because I hate to speak for him, and he's much more eloquent on these things. Um, so if you ever want a callback, he would be the person. He'll come do it. Um, it's really, really helped him be expressive. He's gotten really into composing lately, and he's written some compositions that have actually been debuted at WKU and some of his classmates, you know, say they, they play the cello or they're singers or whatever it is, he will compose a piece for them and they, they've performed it. So that, that's been really neat for him. It's a great form of expression. That's impressive. Mm -hmm. Composition is, that's a whole other level. I oh, mean, he, playing music is yes. one thing, but. Yeah, he, a couple weeks ago, debuted a piece, and it was a sextet where he was on piano, and then there were five other string instruments, and he wrote every single piece, put them all together, practiced it with everyone, and then they performed it on campus. Mm -hmm. What? Uh, you go ahead. Does go he ahead. have any ideas yet about, you know, his career pathway yet, uh, what he may be interested in after graduating. I know college kids get asked that all yes. the time. <laughs> yes, and he has another year. I mean, he, he very much likes composing, but that might be a side hustle for a while. Mm -hmm. um, you know, doesn't exactly pay the bills. Um, so right now he's just he's exploring what he could do, um, you know, to be – a member of society, but also incorporate his, his interests. But he does like composing during COVID. He got involved um, with the UFB, which is like a United, I don't know, Federation of bands or something. I'm sure I just butchered that acronym. <laughs> um, but he ended up um, interacting with some people in Africa and wrote some music for like a Ugandan group. And so it, it's just wow. amazing how he's like gotten on with the technology and with that, with being behind the computer, his vision wasn't an issue. So he was able to interact with people in different ways, you know, using his music. So it's been pretty interesting. That's great. Well, you don't really go though from like, you know, playing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star as a two or three <laughs> year old all the way to what he is now on your own though. So yes. like, I would love to find a find a way through this to you know and encourage parents who who see this in, in their child to encourage it. So naturally, there are things you did along the way to encourage him to continue that, right? Like mm -hmm. what what sort of things? I guess over over the years, get him a piano or encourage him to take lessons or that. So like, what sort of things did you do to get him to you know from Twinkle Twinkle Little Star to like professional musician. I mean, all of all of what you said. He has a piano. He has a drum set. We have a piano in the living room. He's had piano lessons. He's done Rock Band Academy. He's anything musical that we can get him involved in. We've tried to get him involved in just to encourage him. Um, and it's you know really helped in um, grow his talent, but also expand his social circle. Mm -hmm. And then being involved at WKU Band, they've been very, very welcoming and encouraging um, through his classes. He has lessons and, you know, he's met different people. It's, it's pretty impressive. How was accessibility uh, beyond the music department? Now, because I'm sure he had to take a lot of general ed classes yes. and stuff. Uh, how was was navigating Western's campus isn't really that easy for anyone. How How did you all manage that? Um, well, he's worked with different people. Um, he's worked with a ONM, which is Orientation and Mobility Specialist, and they work on using the cane and traveling around WKU. 
Um, I, I've adjunct at WKU and his dad's actually there full time. So we've kind of helped get him around and he's learned the campus. Luckily, he's, you know, far enough in his degree that he's pretty much in one or two buildings all the time. So it minimizes travel. Um, and of course, he's been able to find um, DSU because that's where the food's at. So, <laughs> you know, priorities. Um, but he's done pretty well with that. And all of his instructors, professors have been very welcoming and have found ways to work around it. We're also very fortunate that he had a wonderful, wonderful teacher of the visually impaired in elementary, middle, and high school who taught him a lot of self-advocacy skills. And so on the rarity that something's come up on campus, he can bring it up to me. And I'm like, okay, well, what would your teacher have told you? How would, how should you address this? You know, I, you're over 18. I can't message your teacher. How are you going to handle this? And so having that, that previous teacher all through school has been helpful in, in him learning how to advocate for himself. What, what's a good way that we can really exhibit kind of a, a tie-in with, you know, what, what you do professionally and, and utilizing the arts? Well, I feel like a lot of the individuals I work with, whether it was as a special education teacher or now as a behavior specialist, um, a lot of times you can see some maybe some self-esteem issues because they, they do recognize that maybe they're not as social or they're not invited to the parties or not sitting at the, you know, quote, right cafeteria table um, and being involved in the arts, whether it's drawing or music or drama, dance, any sort of art, it, it just levels the playing field. It's a different way they can shine where maybe, you know, math isn't their strong suit or maybe maybe even they're not a great public speaker, but they can memorize the script and they can get up there and they rock it. Um, but being on, you know, a podcast or <laughs> off the cuff is not their strong suit. They could memorize something and they could get up there and just shine in ways that maybe they wouldn't traditionally do. Mm -hmm. I think it's also important as an opportunity for somebody to uh, the arts and, and other things as well, but, but the arts, I think have a really strong ability for someone to create and create a new thing about themselves absolutely so that they're not just you know like in Braden's case like oh he's the blind kid in my yeah class. exactly like, so like I, I I could definitely see that yeah I mean we again we joke about it so I don't mean to make light of a disability at all but he's my kid so that's just what he gets <laughs> um but you know he's he's the blind guy but now he's the piano guy he's the composer guy you know there's different components of his personality he isn't just his disability mm -hmm. and how General, generally, not just in his case, but generally, I'm, I'm assuming that's pretty important. Sort of. I mean, would you like to be known by a characteristic that might not be praised in society? You know, if you if you were always the short guy or the, I don't know, the redhead or I don't, I mean, not that there's anything wrong with being redheaded, but, you know, <laughs> if you think of something, you know, you don't want to be the blind guy. You know, you want, all of us want to be acknowledged for some positive attributes and that's that's a positive attribute mm -hmm. one thing you mentioned earlier that I'd, I'd love to investigate you talked about when there's a whole like systemic like approach like mm -hmm. it's not just you and them no. there's the family thing so why why is it important to get buy-in at those levels with the teachers with the parents with kind of ev everybody they're interacting with to help kind of is it to reinforce kind of what what you're doing or kind of tell me a little bit more about the importance of that system of support 
Well, it, it might sound silly, but like my job is, my goal is to work myself out of a job with the client. I want them to not need me anymore. And I can't be with them all the time. I might see them one to four hours a week, um, but there's so many more hours in the week. Their parents are there all the time. Their teachers, their siblings, their, their friends, um, just everybody. And so the more we can get an individual to generalize a skill and use it in different settings with different people, the more successful they're going to be in real life. Like I want them to not need Miss Erica. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Like when you're working with somebody, like are, are you engaging directly with like a teacher or with a parent? Are you providing them some sort of like, here's kind of what we're working on? Or what what does that look like as far as you prepping the other people mm-hmm. around that person? It's a little bit of both. Um, I might work individually, uh, like one-on-one with the individual. I might do like a teacher-parent training. I'm, I might have them watch me work with the individual and model it. Um, it really varies by individual, but the goal is for this, the, the student, the client to, to do the appropriate behavior in as many settings as possible just to be successful. Mm-hmm. It takes that practice. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I mean, think about any social skill that we've all had. I think sometimes we, we forget that, you know, whether it's a kid or, you know, s- someone with a special need, they're not, we're not asking them to do anything we've not had to do we just might didn't need as much practice as they did um you know if if i go up and meet someone hi i'm erica nice to meet you that might sound really simple but to someone else maybe they need to practice it 10 times where we had to practice it twice i work with a lot of um individuals in like the preteen teen age and we spend a lot of time working on texting and like texting etiquette and social skills of sarcasm and okay, this person's a friend and this person's no a friend friend or this person's a friend, like Mm -hmm. just how things are defined in middle and high school and things that we might've picked up on. They just might need a little more direct instruction. Mm -hmm. I kind of want your services anyway. That sounds great. We can, we can dig into we can dig into how bad I am at remembering names and <laughs> you know how awkward the nice to meet you. The weather's nice, isn't it? Sort of like the social social cues. Yeah, I've seen some of those funny memes where it's like, oh you don't know what to say. So you're just like, do you like cheese? Like we all say <laughs> things sometimes that are a little awkward, but you know I like such cheese. Such is life. Exactly. <laughs> Who doesn't like cheese? Me too. Wanna be best friends? <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. Right. laughs> I know, I know. <laughs>